Yes, 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 yes. Hey guys, welcome to the Money Flow. This is Gerald Peters. What an exciting, um, little nerve-wracking week in the stock market. I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit here and recant the week's news, but you know, the market is it's grinding higher. Like we're pushing higher. There's, you know, I don't think everyone's as optimistic. I talk to a lot of people, and they're they're nervous. They're bearish. And what's funny is one of the oldest sayings in Wall Street is the market climbs a wall of worry. I mean, if there's not reason for the market to go up, you know, you need new money to come into the market for it to go up. Um, sometimes I'll have people ask me, hey, why did this stock go down? And I may jokingly refer to it's Taco Tuesday, meaning somebody sold. Why do you think it went down? Like, why did they sell? I don't know. Could be a million reasons. Have you ever just sold a stock just because you wanted the money? Maybe they did that. Maybe the CEO's quitting his job and he says, hey, I'm pissed. Maybe he's adversarial. Maybe the company fired him and he's got 10 million shares and then he sells them. Taco Tuesday. Maybe uh, it's a volatile stock and, and, and it's going to go down sometimes. And when it goes down, guess what? That gives you a chance to build a sizable position. So, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in I, like to, I trade themes. I'm not just trading charts. Like sometimes it's easy. I, I used to be that guy. I used to be the guy that I just traded patterns on a chart. And when stock goes down, I'm getting out. When it goes up, I'm adding more. And that's fine. If you're purely trading momentum, do that, okay? But you're going to be on your, you're gonna have to be on your game. Be about your game. Create a set of rules and then stick to them. And guess what? In trading people misunderstand this, you can have losing months. You could have a losing year, okay? If you're under the impression that you're always going to make money, guess what? Sometimes markets get out of whack. Sometimes they don't, they, uh, you know, you get whipsawed. It runs up, it comes down, it runs up, it comes down. And, and, and markets, there's COVID-19. Like, shit, the U.S. economy was doing great. I don't care what anybody says. This is not a pro-trunk statement. The stock market was booming. We had the lowest unemployment. The economy's doing well. Politics aside, everyone's doing better. You know you are or were, okay? Restaurants were doing better than they are now. Airlines were doing better than they are now. Like everything was better. And then boom. And if you notice, that kind of comes out of the blue. Like you didn't get a big warning. We didn't have a big... and. Of course, a lot of people act like, oh, I knew it was coming. You did not know COVID-19 was coming. They'll say, oh, no, no, but I knew something was coming. But you didn't know when. And duh, something's coming. Like there's always something coming. Markets climb a wall of worry. And as the worry presides, people buy. So people finally go, wow, the market's going up. I'm add more money. And the further it goes, the more it can go because more people. It's called FOMO. FOMO is some real shit. And you know it is. You've experienced it. And it happens Markets go too high and markets go too low. And we can use indicators like the RSI that'll help us tra tra uh, track price velocity. It tracks the last 14 days. It's not perfect. It's kind of a warning sign. It's kind of the canary in the coal mine. It's like, hey, you've gone real high real soon. If you're a trader, what do you do? Take half off. And some of you say, well, Gerald, you always say take one-fourth off, one-fifth off. I know because I'm not purely chart trading. Meaning if we go into a stage four decline, I'm going to hold some of these shares, take them down. But not on every stock. 
And so trading becomes multi-dimensional. One of the trades that I have on right now is utility stocks. I think utility stocks are going much higher. This is a fundamental belief that I have. People are gonna seek safe dividends. The safest dividends in the stock market are utility stocks. So when the market rally ends, utility stocks are gonna go up like you've seen gold go up. When's that gonna happen? I don't know. But guess what's probably gonna happen? People are gonna try to get ahead of that trade. So before it looks obvious, everybody's like, well, there's problems there. No shit, that's why it's on sale. Risk is the, is the reward. You understand that, right? Risk is the reward. Price going down is how it goes up. In order for gold to go higher, gold had to go lower. Meaning it had to get to a certain point to a level where all of a sudden it became value. Once it became value, people started to buy, buy, started buying shares or in this case buying gold or oil or the Japanese yen or corn or AT&T or S&P 500 index. People began to buy. And guess what? That causes a stage one. Price stops dropping, starts to go sideways, and people start to formulate, hey, this is on sale. Like right now, Discover Financial, ticker DFS. In my opinion, and I'm not a financial analyst, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not an accountant, I'm not anything. I'm just a guy who trades stocks for 20 years. And I can read analyst reports. And so there's dozens of professional analysts across the United States that work for major investment firms who unanimously agree this stock is worth $70 to $80 a share and it's trading for $50 a share. So what does that give me? That's what's known as an edge. I have a value edge. I'm starting to play this game with a stock that's technically worth more. That's the kind of houses you wanna flip, right? Houses that are undervalued or are you looking for really expensive condos? You wanna to try to flip those. When everything's great, it's class A, pool, parking. No, no, no. Real estate investors will tell you, you got to get on the dirtier side of town. You want the class C's. You want the working class folks. Why? Because that's where the ROI is. It's not in the nice ones. Why? Because there's no problems in the nice ones. Anybody will buy those. Anybody will own a class A. That's institutional money. There's no risk or the risk is minimal other than your money you borrowed. But that's a different game in the hood. That's a different game in the in the uh, working class neighborhoods. It's a different game, why? It's a little more involved. You gotta sometimes go get your money. You might have to do evictions. You, these properties are gonna be older, there's gonna be repairs, right? It's just, a, that doesn't mean to scare you, it just means there's more work involved. There's a, little, there's a little bit more risk involved, but the return is higher, okay? S same in the stock game, right? You're gonna get a bigger return in an Uber, a Lyft, a Roku, a Square, right? Uh, uh, any number of other high flyers, stocks, you know, work, uh, space, Tesla. Like these are high flyers. We're playing on based on the future. You're going to get a different return than you are in a Procter and Gamble, right? Or an oil stock. Because now when we get into oil stocks, we get into especially stocks, we're getting into sectors and that comes into play. And so you can follow sectors, right? And what? Looking for deals. Even, even high quality momentum stocks get cheap. Why? Because people would rather have their money than own the shares. That's why stocks go on sale. People would rather have the money than own the shares. I mean, you would only buy AT&T shares. Why? Why? Most people, you're buying the dividend. As long as the dividend is safe, what? We have a value, a price. 
And then analysts can look at it, estimate it, and they can say, hmm, okay, this stock is actually trading cheaper than we think based on these four or five, six criteria. That's what, this is what uh, stock analysts do. They look at stocks, they provide value. So don't let that weird you out. Sometimes people act like, well, that's, that's, you know, what if they're wrong? What if they're confusing? Listen, you go to Expedia for hotel tickets, right? You go to CarMax or, 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 or other things. Like these are professionals. You hear the cops in the back? Class C housing, baby. This kind of shit you're going to hear. Yeah, this house that I'm working on too is right down the street from the hood. I bought this house for 80-something grand, 80-something-year-old wood frame home. You think I have problems with this house from time to time? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You know, come on, man. What do you think? Um, guess what? This has a higher return than the people that own the really nice apartments in my town over by the college. Why? I don't have a swimming pool. I don't have a shuttle bus. I don't have to provide gate security and an automated gate. I don't have a gatekeeper. I don't have a, a, a 24-hour phone number you can call to get repairs. Like, you got to just leave me a message and I'll get to you when I get to you. You're renting a house. Guys, I don't run an apartment building. I don't provide maintenance. You have a problem with the house, I'm going to get to you. I'm going to put you on a list. But it ain't like in an apartment where someone's just going to come on over tomorrow and look at it. That's not how it works. You know, I'm going to call a, a plumber. Might take a day, just like it would at your house. There's not on site. So guess what? It's a little more, little more, little more hands-on, right? But I get a bigger return for that. For, 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 for that. And the guy who's providing that service, yeah, he might get a little bit better rent. But guess what? He's got a lot more overhead than I do. I don't have site management. There's no managers. There's no uh, maintenance people. Most of the time, people don't understand. I work on repairing them and fixing them up. I don't maintenance them like, like, I'm, like I'm a handyman on TV. Like I go over, oh, there's a problem in unit 6B. That's not what we're doing. Most of the time, I'm remodeling. If there's a water problem, I call a, I call a plumber. Why? Because I'm doing bigger ticket things. I'm, I get more return by working on a house. And then when I randomly get a repair call, I send over a professional. Saves me time and money. Anyway, my point being is value play. Those are value plays. These, these aren't, you know, it's not like, so when we get into stocks, guess what? Just like there's different kinds of real estate. There's commercial real estate. There's single family real estate. There's multifamily real estate. There's commercial and multifamily mix, right? There's all these different ways of real estate. Same in the stock market. Different kinds of stocks, different asset classes from commodities to indexes to momentum stocks. You know, trading ET is not the same as trading Roku. You're going to have to handle them different. You're going to have to value these things, these assets different. So it may play out different in your portfolio. Uh, I'm doing a, one right now, and this is not a recommendation, but the stock AT&T. I think it's worth about 30% more. And so here's the thing. I'm willing to wait. Why? Because I'm going to get paid to play this game. And, you, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to utilize my chart trading strategy to help me maximize this. Meaning I think I can play this game of putting some on, taking some off, and building this position for however long it takes before this thing is back to true value. And as it gets closer to true value, I'm gonna scale out of this stock to what? Put my money to work where? 
in other stocks that, that, that present a better opportunity. And so I'm expecting to make, you know, five, $10,000 plus whatever cash flow, if it takes a year, two years of dividends, right? And that's the game. Well, the thing that stocks allow, you could play that game with a million dollars, and I'm sure there are people doing that right now, or you could play that game with, you know, $10,000 or $100,000. Now, if I had 100000 I would play the same game, but I would break it up into like 10 different, you know, 10 different stocks. We're not going to trade the same. We're not, we're not going to put all our money in one stock, okay? That's just being a dipshit. We're not trying to do that. You know, in our group, the Money Flow Trading Society, we like to break up our stocks. In, like I have, I have 44 stocks, and I, it could be 43 at the time you're hearing this, or 39 or 47. Like, it can change. I don't know exactly what. I want to say it was 44 last time I talked. And... Um, <clears throat> these dividends are collected and these dividends are, you know, reinvested. And this is a portfolio in some of these positions, like Pepsi. I've owned Pepsi for, I mean, north of a decade. I don't want to lie. 14, 15 years, maybe. And I originally bought it with $700. And it's just been something that when it's on sale, I buy more of. 14 years later, I have like $15,000 in Pepsi and it throws me off a couple hundred dollars every quarter and just slowly grinds higher. It just compounds. Well, here's what I do. I'm going to say they paid me $800 last year. Not a fortune. Guess what I did with the $800? I bought more Pepsi shares. Guess it does what? Pays me a little bit more in the dividends. So as we go forward, another 10 years, maybe we get up to what? $25,000, $30,000 worth. What? Spread out over 40 different stocks. All throwing you money. All quality companies. These aren't speculations. I don't have Roku in there. I do the Roku and the flip count. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make money with money over here. I'm just flipping money, flipping money. That's different than owning real estate that you collect rent on. Like, I don't care. I mean, I do care. I want my properties to be worth more money, but I'm not sitting around worried like this house I'm working on right here. I'm not worried what it's valued at right now because it's not for sale. What I'm worried about is what is it rent for? What it rents for is important to me. The value of it, not so important. Not so important. Not right now. But... Stocks are the same. If you buy quality companies, especially if you buy them on sale, your position in the company is going to grow. Your stocks are going to increase. You can buy them. You can buy more when they're on sale. You know, I've bought, I don't know. I don't think I've bought any 18 or uh, Pepsi since 2015. Why? Because it was one of the largest positions in my portfolio. And so I just put new money into new stocks. And I've just let Pepsi run. And it just, you know, it's gone from $50 a share to, you know, 100 and something now. 
dividends doubled. So the dividends doubled, the share price has doubled, my shares have gone up, and it did what it's supposed to do. It's creating wealth. Now imagine the guy that's got $100,000 in there. I didn't. Remember I said I had like 700, then I added to it, and I had 3,000, you know, and I put some money in the market, and I added a couple hundred dollars to it, put a couple thousand dollars in the market, okay, I bought 10 shares of Uber, and then I put 30, you know, $300 into AT&T, and these are, you know, and I'm watching others, and I'm reading, and I'm learning about the market, and, you know, I got four stocks, put a grand in there, and I break that up between all four, so my positions are growing, collect some little dividends, and I just, over the years, I just keep pounding money into this thing, $1,000, you know, $300, $500, just, you know, every week, sometimes every day, like, that's my goal, you know, if I made $300 today, I'm pushing a little money to E-Trade, count, count on it, why, because I'm trying to grow that, and I typically hit the retirement stuff once a month. Um, you know, for mine comes through rent collection, rent hits. I handle all my bills, do what I gotta do in case I need. Then once the business is protected, boom, money goes into uh, buy and hold dividend stocks, transfer, boop, transfer, whatever we're looking at. Mm. I wanted to get some CVS Pharmacy, buy a couple shares of that. Okay, we got, what, 700 bucks left. Oh, let's add four to Raytheon. That's in a stage one. What else we got? Oh, we really want to get some more AT&T. Buy five more T. Now, as you can do this over your lifetime, this little portfolio that you can log in, like you can log in and look at this on your phone. You can begin building wealth on your phone and log in and check the companies. And I'm not talking like penny stocks or speculative stocks. I'm just I'm talking about wealth. I'm not talking about building. Like you can buy gold, the GLD. You can just put... $5,000 in E-Trade and buy all gold. You don't need to have gold fucking coins or walk around with gold things. You can buy the GLD, which is the actual ETF that trades gold, and now you own gold. Super simple. Don't need to go to the store. Don't need to go to a pawn shop. You can buy oil from your phone and sit on it. So every time oil drops to $30, you buy a bunch of oil. You can do it right on your phone, and then you can sell it later for a profit. Now, financial advisors can't tell you this because these things are risky. These guys have licenses. And they can't tell you, you know, buy an oil. They're going to say, don't do that. They don't get paid management fees on that. Also, they have licenses, to be fair, to worry about. Like, what if, you, what if your dumbass gets in there and buys oil and you think it's the low and then it drops another $10 and you panic and sell it. You lose the money and then the oil rips higher and you were right. And this is what happens to new traders. This is what happens to you. You get in there and you don't know what you're doing. You're, you, you, you haven't practiced with small money and you're, you're trying to make a bunch of money and then you, you get weirded out. All of a sudden you get freaked out by COVID. Start, or people go down these, where all of a sudden they're super bearish. They come in dollar crash. Everything's all fucked up. You can't concentrate. You're not following the S. The S&P is literally going up and you're thinking of reasons that should go down. Or you go all in on a, a stupid stock you read in an article. Or you decide you want to be a day trader can't even week trade and you're trying to day trade. Day trading is the hardest thing you could possibly do. This, it makes me laugh when people who think they can day trade. I, it's so stupid that you think that 
Now, I'm not saying as you get better and better, you can't find trades that you take during the day. I'm talking about you are going to be a professional day trader. You make your money watching stocks go up and down. Right. The success rate for that is so low. It's, it's shocking, especially when it comes to options. I wouldn't begin messing with options until I had a solid foundation, man. Or if you do, keep it small because you got to understand you're gambling. The decay of options, options expiration. I am not qualified to teach options. I mention options sometimes and that's for my friends that understand them. I'm not qualified to teach them and I don't. People ask me about them, I tell them, listen, I'm not qualified to teach you about options. It's one of those things like Spanish. I understand Spanish, I can't teach you to speak Spanish and I don't understand it that well. I understand it a little bit, right? I understand more than I can speak. I understand options more than I can speak. And it's, 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 more, it's more analysis. And I get it, it's not that complicated. I just don't like the decay. Because my strategy requires time. One of the things about the money flow trading strategy is the name of my book. But I also use it in my investing, more just buying, not so much selling. But the strategy... One of, the found, one of the principles of the book is, listen, nobody knows. I don't know how long we're going to go in a stage two up, to, you know. Anybody saying, oh, we got to come down because of this. Uh, okay. But it doesn't have to. Uh, how do I know? Because I've watched history. Like, I watch the markets every day. I've seen it a bazillion times where people are, oh, it can't keep going up. And it does. And they say, oh, it shouldn't go any higher. And it goes higher. Just like they say, oh, it won't go any lower, and it goes lower. Markets go higher than you think they will, and they go lower than they think you, they will. And you don't know which way they're going to go. And you're not going to be able to read some articles or have a fucking opinion and get it right consistently. You might get it right once. Like, that's not hard. I could just start with the bearish thing. I can think of reasons to be bearish. And maybe I get it lucky. You know? But, what you know, who wants to walk around and look being bearish all the time? I'd rather find undervalued things and sell them. I like being positive, dude. I'm an optimist, you know, I'm an optimist. doesn't mean I won't short, but it's not because I get some sort of weird. Sometimes people go on these weird experts. Well, the market hat, like they have, they're shorting because they have a mental or fundamental belief that things go down. The problem is I have a fundamental belief that things go up. And so I will short, but it's not with glee. And I fully anticipate not making money on it. And I just call them a hedge. I'm not looking to short stocks. You can. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's just never been fun for me. Um, you know, I'm just, I like value. I like looking for it. And listen, you can only do so much. You're not going to be a great short seller. Oh, and you're a great dividend investor. Oh, by the way, and he's a great day trader. Oh, and he's great at trading bonds. Oh, he knows everything about oil stocks. And oh, he knows everything about, you know, which dividend value plays are the best. Like, okay. My point is, that may be someone's thing. It doesn't necessarily mean it's your thing or the way that you should pursue. Like, before you even understand dividends, you know, you're doing a triple leverage fund. Do you understand decay on a triple leverage fund? Do you understand some of those go to zero, but the underlying product doesn't go to zero? Like, leverage funds can wipe out. So, and I'm not saying don't trade them. I trade them. If you trade with me, you know I do. Right now, I'm long the DPST. Extremely dangerous. What I mean by dangerous, it's volatile. 
Why is it volatile? Because it moves triple. So the ETF is IAT. It's for the regional banks. I've got a fundamental belief that the regional banks are cheap. They've been hit by COVID, just like restaurant stocks, right? Like airline stocks. Well, tech stocks have soared. Well, guess what hasn't soared? Utilities, airlines, banks. So if you go look at my portfolio, what do you see? Utilities, airlines, banks, and what have I been taking profit in? In, in, in tech stocks, predominantly. Or stocks that have run up, you know. That portfolio will change over time as I add new things, new themes. I may take things down. You know, I downsized Facebook and then look what happened. Facebook broke out and it's going to high. That's cool. I still got a position in there. I think it's a little pricey. So we'll just hold it. We'll ride it up. Let it stabilize. Might get a chance where it sells off. And look, look to what? Add, add new positions. G, GWPH, a British company. You know, a lot of analysts still have higher price targets. Well, it got smashed today. Why? Because they messed up. Well, I'm only down to 10 shares. Like I got 10 shares of it. So, but I still like this company. So as it pulls back, guess what I'm going to be looking to do? Hopefully take profits in some of these utility plays, maybe some of these airline plays. If these stocks heat up this week, as that one comes down, I can sell some of those off and put it some back on. Portfolio trade management. That's trading. Okay? That's not my buy and hold. That's trading a thesis. And I'm going to hold it. Like you got to stay with the thesis. You don't give up on it. Once you combine fundamentals with charts, you just don't jump out. People do this a lot. You just, they just jump out. You know, we have some pharmaceutical plays. Well, guess what? These things move around, man. You got to position size appropriately. So how do I do that? Well, I spread out my pharmaceuticals. So if I got a couple grand I want to put in the pharmaceutical space, I probably don't want to put it all in one stock. Like BXRX is one that we're in. You know, Pfizer's one that we're in. Well, guess what? As I'm making money in Pfizer, maybe we could put that money to work inside the, the same sector. You know, that's always a possibility. And, you know, you take profits on that and push that into the same sector, same type of stocks, just ones that are on sale. <laughs>